0: Hello, Be Beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Breder, and I'm a recovering people pleaser here to help you on your journey. And so we've been talking a lot about self-care and how it's an important part of the process to recover from people pleasing. And as we've been learning, we can see that self-care can mean a lot of different things. And in today's episode, we're gonna learn that energy management is actually a really important form of self-care. And if you're like me, you may have heard the term energy management and associate it with work and just an alternative way to look at time management. So how can we use energy management in all areas of life and what is it? And to help us answer these questions and learn more about what energy management really is, we are joined by Dr. Erin Reeves, a researcher, author, and executive advisor. And her latest book is In Charge, the Energy Management Guide for Badass Women Who Are Tired of Being Tired. And Dr. Erin Reeves didn't just research and write the book on energy management, but as you learned from this conversation, she lived through it to figure it out. And she understands what it's like to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, the expectations of women to show up flawless. Having strong emotions and just needing to vent. We discuss why she hates self care articles, the power of letting things go, how to give less fucks, and the real value of how you spend your time and energy. Life is too short to waste your energy on things that you dislike. I hope you enjoy this conversation to learn how to take control of your energy. Dr. Aaron Reeves, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk more about your latest book that you have. It's called In Charge, the Energy Management Guide for Badass Women Who Are Tired of Being Tired. And before we really get into your book, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit more about yourself and who you are.
1: Well, thank you so much
0: for, for having me
1: on and for inviting me to be a part of this conversation. I am... Sometimes I feel like I've just, I'm just like a collector of experiences. So I'm a consultant, I'm an entrepreneur. I am also a lawyer, although I'm not practicing anymore. And I've been working with organizations and individuals for over 20 years, really working on these issues of how to, you know, make workplaces work better for people. And a lot of that does get into the idea of authenticity as well.
0: Yeah, I love it. And so I'm kind of curious, since you you know, are also a lawyer, but aren't practicing that anymore, is that, did that have something to do with this kind of shift into what you're doing now? You know, I've
1: never not liked something I've done. It's more that I felt I wanted to add to it. So I did business in undergrad and loved it. Went to law school, loved law school. I loved practicing law. But felt like there was more. And I did my PhD in sociology and I taught at Northwestern University. And I still kind of wanted to add to that. And so I started this firm and have had the chance to kind of evolve. And, you know, when, when you have your own firm, you can kind of keep making it what you needed to be. So I kept right. adding to it um, here. But yeah, it's, I never felt like it was a shift or. Change, it was more a growing, you know, like an evolving. Yeah. So, still a lawyer, still a teacher, still a researcher, still a student, still a business person, and just finding kind of new ways to put it all together.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I love that you are just kind of adding on. And I personally love that because I feel like I'm very multi passionate. And so often, you know, especially with like when it comes to business, people you know, kind of discourage you from being so multi-passionate, but you're proof that you can kind of create your own path and build off of things. And like, I think things are really connected. So I think it's really cool that you have continued to take your experiences to just kind of keep growing and expanding and learning new things. Absolutely. And, you know, it, I'm also on my home life, through teenage kids and
1: it's, you know, you know, when people ask me, like, is it worth it to kind of carve your own path? The answer is always it is. Yeah. But it's also harder. You don't have models in front of you. You know, you don't have kind of ready-made plans. So it is harder, but in my opinion, it's always worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've always, I've seen something recently that's kind of like about what's hard. Like, it's hard going to work. It's hard, you know being healthy or unhealthy, like, it's just like, everything is hard, but you have to choose your hard. And, you know, even if you're doing like your own unique path and it's harder in a sense, you know, the alternative could be just as hard and not even as fulfilling. Totally. I remember when I first,
1: you know, started my photos back in 99. And I remember one of my friends saying to me, what about security? And I said, what do you mean security? And she said, well, don't you feel insecure doing this? I said, no, I'm not going to get fired. I'm like, you go into work every day, terrified. Right. It's going to happen and you're going to be fired. I said, I can guarantee you my boss isn't going to fire me. Right. Um, No matter what I do, I can guarantee that, right? So it's like, it's this idea of what is security. It's for me, security has always meant autonomy Mm -hmm. as well and not, security at the expense of dependency on someone else, autonomy feels a lot easier than dependency. So I think you just have to figure out, you know, like you said, which heart is harder for you. Yeah. Uh, For me, it would be much harder to depend on people and worry if they're going to fire me. It's actually much easier to do it on my own.
0: Right. Yeah. So many people have that false sense of security by going into work every day thinking like this is guaranteed. But I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, especially with these last few years of the pandemic, our life was just turned upside down. And that was proof that your job may not actually be there like you think it's going to be. So yeah, that's definitely a false sense of security. And so I'm just like already, like there's so many questions that I am like wanting to ask, you know, like on a tip. <laughs> <laughs> but with focusing on your book, I wanted to start with like, what does energy management actually mean? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, we are taught time management.
1: We are little, right? We're taught mm-hmm. time management in schools. We're time management when you get into the workplace. And time management is an interesting concept because time is, it's a used up commodity, right? Like mm-hmm. I won't get that minute back that I just spent saying that. Right. Um, and Every morning you wake up and you have a very limited amount of time and you can't get more time in the day. Energy management is about saying, you know, what resources do I need in order to do what I want to do? So, for example, let's say that, you know, you spend an hour and you talk to a lot of people. Right. So let's say you spend an hour having the worst interview on the planet, right? Like this person was just negative. They were down. They were just, well, well, well. At the end of the interview, you're exhausted, right? Yeah. They actually drained a ton of your energy. Now, whatever you have to do the rest of the day, Mm -hmm. you're actually going to get less done the rest of the day because you're tired. Like you actually don't have access to your resources. Right. But let's say that you spend an hour talking to somebody who is just uplifting and funny and positive. You leave that interview, you're actually able to accomplish more the rest of the day. Right. And so energy is something that we can actually negotiate in our lives. We can say, hey, what drains our energy and do less of that? What gives us energy and do more of that? And it's been, you know, I've been studying energy management for a long time. But sometimes, you know, people say, like, how do you get done so much? Like, this is the fourth book that I've written. And they're like, you're in a business and you raise two kids. And how do you do that? And it's, well, because I manage my energy. because. I get a lot more done than most people every day because I don't do a lot of crap that I know drains my energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like I won't do some things that I know are going to completely wear me down because if I get worn down, then I don't have resources to do the rest of the stuff that I want to do. So energy Mm -hmm. management is about really looking at your capabilities as fuel that you can tap into. And if you're draining fuel, then you won't have fuel, right? But if you do things that give you fuel, you'll have more fuel and you just have, I guess the other part of it is when you manage your energy, you can actually do more every day and not be as exhausted at the end of the day. So that's it in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I'm excited to kind of learn more about how we can really like figure out those things that actually drain us versus give us energy. But I'm curious to kind of go back because, I mean, you are wearing a lot of hats. So like right from the beginning, I was just like, she does so much. She wrote a book on energy management. Like she's got it figured out. But did you always have it figured out or? That's a massive misconception that I have it figured
1: out. In this book, actually, I think think a big part of energy management is just saying when you don't. I'll tell people all the time, I have no clue what I'm doing on most days, but I do know if I feel good or not, right? Yeah. And if I don't feel good, I look around, I'm like, whatever the hell this is, it has to stop because is yeah. not working. <laughs> but when I first started writing this book, it was, I started it, I stopped it, I started it, I stopped it. And I, you know, said this in the book itself, I was like, I was sitting down with a girlfriend and I was like, I just am having such a hard time writing. I keep procrastinating. And she said, you're not a procrastinator. And I said, I know, but every time I sit down to write. I just don't feel like writing it. And she said, well, do you think it's because maybe you're dealing with the same stuff that you're writing about? And I said, I can't. I'm a researcher. I don't write from that perspective. I write as an objective, you know, person doing this research. And she said, well, maybe not this one. We're <laughs> not going to write that way. And I thought about it and I realized like, that is what was completely tripping me up that I was coaching women and interviewing women and I was going through exactly what they were going through. And I felt hypocritical writing it. And so the way I dealt with the hypocrisy is in the introduction, I said, I'm not writing this as a researcher. I'm writing this as a fellow traveler. Mm -hmm. And I'm right here with you all. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know. But you know what? I'm really good at knowing when it doesn't feel good. I'm also really good yeah. at knowing when I connect with somebody and it feels awesome. And this idea of what does it mean to manage your energies, I was living it, right? So I wrote it yeah. from that perspective. And it's probably the most personal book that I've written because my other three were, I mean, they're all easy to read, but they're more research based. And mm-hmm. It felt really good because it wasn't I needed to overcome that. It didn't feel authentic. And it felt authentic when I said, yeah, just because I can tell you what the right answer is. It doesn't mean I live it.
0: I mean, I love you like for being so vulnerable and being honest of like, I'm in this together and like I was writing this book and apparently I didn't have it all figured out like I thought I did or, you know, like you didn't have that perspective yet that you kind of needed this book as well as you're writing it. So I think that just almost gives us more hope that like, oh, she's human too. And she is still learning and growing. And, you know, I'm like, if she can, you know, go through this process, like then we can too. And so do you feel like since writing this book like that you have more control over your energy management? I
1: have less control, but I'm better at being not in control. <laughs> I think is is what it is. I think you know the energy management piece is just letting sometimes it's letting go of all of these expectations that women get piled on and one of the things I talk about in the book is of course we're freaking tired because we spend half our days living up to expectations of what women are supposed to be like right yes we spend half our days like making sure that our hair our makeup whatever isn't going to invite some kind of I mean I'm on camera all day and I do presentations and I can't tell you like especially when this pandemic started, I started wearing lipstick every day because if I don't, one day people are like, are you okay? Are you Mm. tired? (laughs) So meanwhile, there's men on camera who literally look like they've been dragged through, you know, Death Valley and nobody's saying anything to them, but any woman that isn't like a hundred percent put together, you know, gets comments. And so we're living up to things. I mean, I talk a lot about like, we're trying to live by rules that we were not in the room when those rules were created. And if we had had our choice, those are not the rules that we would have voted for. And so some of the, that need for control is actually really male, Mm -hmm. right? It's this idea of it has to be a particular way and it has to fit something and it has to comport. And I think, it's so much easier to laugh when you're like, yeah, why don't you do the control thing? And I'm going to do the flow thing over here. And, you know, I'm going to trust that I'm prepared. I do pride myself on always being the most prepared person in the room. I know I'm prepared. I don't need to prove to you that I'm prepared and I can just be. And I think that is a lot of what the book is about. It's how do you give yourself permission to do that in various ways? And yeah, yeah I definitely think writing it was a reminder to myself of the ways in which I wasn't giving myself permission and how I needed to, you know, give myself permission as well.
0: Yeah. And so I kind of want to break this out a little bit more because, you know, when I, because I've heard of energy management before and it's always been kind of like, you know, try to schedule your day when you feel the best or, you know, try to set boundaries and stuff like that. But I mean, the way that you're talking about it seems, especially from the point of like the letting go and letting it just be and being in more flow, it kind of, it just, it seems like a different approach to me. So I'm curious of like, what are some of the ways that like people can start like managing their energy? That's not just Oh, I'm going to, you know, work harder in the morning because that's when I'm more awake. You just never say that again and you're going to
1: have more energy, <laughs> you know, and it's not that's the time management formula, right? Like, yeah. it's not about feeling better at the end of the day. It's about doing more at the end of the day. And I was one of those people that like with my kids, I'm like, take a mental health day if you need it, because pushing yourself isn't necessarily going to help you do better in the long run. And so like, what are the things that really piss me off out there about energy management? Well, one is all this self-care BS for women, (laughs) because there is nothing that irritates me more than reading a self-care article, because now I feel like crap for all the things I'm not doing to take care of myself. Yeah, (laughs) and it is, you know, I think a lot of energy management, the way it's written about is about making you feel like you're not doing enough. Mm. I think you should start by saying, how can I do less? What in my life does not need to be here, right? Like what is pissing me off, irritating me, annoying me? Who is pissing me off, irritating me, annoying me? And one of the things, here's little lessons, like, yeah, like I hate laundry. Like I have a very dysfunctional relationship with laundry. Yeah. I like really clean clothes. I really don't like doing laundry. And I remember, you know, many years ago, one of my friends was like, then don't do it. I was like, well, I don't want to dirty clothes all the time. She goes, no, you need laundry done, but you don't have to be the one to do it. And mm-hmm. there's so much in our lives that we say, I have to do that. or I have to do more of that, or I have to work harder. And if people just said, you know what, I want to feel good by the end of the day-to-day? Like, is this going to help me feel good? Yeah. You come up with very different answers because someone can call you and say, hey, do you want to go for drinks? And your brain's like, nope, that's not going to make you feel good because this is not somebody that gives. This is somebody that is just going to complain the whole night. So no. And somebody else calls and they're like, hey, do you want to grab a cup of coffee? And your brain's going to scream like, yes, I want to. Because I know I'm going to feel good after having a cup of coffee with that person. So, the first chapter is really about just stop doing some stuff. And for women, it's hard because we're taught not to quit, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it isn't something that's helping you, it's called escaping, it's not called quitting. Like, stop doing it. Right. you get to decide if it's quitting or not quitting is only when you really want something and you give up stopping is when you don't want the thing and you just stop doing it. And, you know, it starts with just like stopping things and then evaluate your life and say, okay, there's space here. Now, what do I want to put in this space Mm -hmm. consciously and, and deliberately? And, I know that not everybody has that level of control over work. Um, There's a lot of stories about women who, you know, kind of did what they could at work to still make it better for themselves. But it's really about, you have one life Mm -hmm. and it is so precious. And all this time that you are working your ass off, you're not going to get it back. And it's, you know, the things that should stay in your life are the things that you like doing when no one is around. Like I tell people, I tell them, like everybody wants to be a rock star, but nobody wants to practice, right? Like nobody wants to refer. <laughs> right. And everybody wants to be an author, but nobody wants to spend the hours like writing and editing and writing and editing and torturing yourself. And you should only be doing the things that you enjoy the process of. So you should be a musician if you enjoy rehearsing. You should be an author if you enjoy the endless writing. You know, you should be mm-hmm. an athlete if you enjoy going to the gym when no one else is there and shooting a 100 free throws. Anybody can see a professional basketball player on the court and say, oh, I would want that or see a rock star on stage and say, I would want that, or see a published author and say, I would want that. But that is the end product. Right. Of hundreds of hours of doing something that if doing that doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. Yeah. You know, that is, I think, a part of like how we set goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. I love like really focusing on like what actually uh, like brings you joy and the things you enjoy doing. And understanding like what all is involved. And then just that question of like, is this gonna make me feel good? I think just like that's a powerful question. It's so simple, but I think it's something that we don't listen to enough of like how things are actually gonna make us feel. And one of my questions for you is like, so I'm a people pleaser. A lot of my audience are people <laughs> pleasers and perfectionists and we can't let anyone down so you know we've got stuff on our plate like that doesn't feel good anymore like like this is kind of scary to just like let it go It's like what advice do you have for people who are starting to like remove the stuff that doesn't feel good anymore but we also feel like we're going to let somebody down yeah you know the trick that i use there is
1: women are socialized to believe that our resources are endless and so you're going to give till you die. Like that's your job, right? Yeah. But we actually don't think about money that way. So I would say, you know, start your day. And this is an experiment I did for myself. I didn't even write about it in the book, but I did it for myself. Mm -hmm. Start your day, go out and get, you know, $201 bills, right? So start your day with $201 bills and divide up your day and say, Would I give this person a dollar? We have a very different relationship with money. So uh, this person wants to hang out with me for an hour. That's $10. So after I give them $10, I got to go home and I have my kids and I actually want to have $20 for them. So am I going to give this person $10 or keep $20? It's like when I did that with money, suddenly I realized like it hit home. Mm -hmm. that my energy was a limited resource. Yeah. And I was making choices about how I was spending my energy. And it wasn't until I made it tangible for myself where I was like, I wouldn't give you a dime. I'm not about to give you my last dollar, right? It It is that like, it becomes really personal. And one of the things that, you know, I tell my kids all the time is, You should never, ever have to tell people what you value. They should be able to look at your life Mm. and say, that is what, you know, so-and-so values. So if somebody were to videotape me for a week,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if I'm being authentic, if I'm living my life authentically, they should be able to tell me what my values are, right? Yeah. And so that $200 a day is, are you spending it on what you say you value? And if you're not, then you don't value what you say you value yeah and when you make it really tangible like that it gets much easier to say no also I think some of it is getting a little older like I think with each new year I give less of a fuck and so it's (laughs) like I ran out a few years ago and so now I'm just free right and it's I literally like I have said to people out loud like if I Argue with an idiot, they are not two idiots. That is why I will not argue with you. And it takes people a second to get what that means. And by the time I'm gone, right. It's our, <laughs> but it's this idea of it doesn't feel good. And our emotions, our energy management system, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know that when somebody is in an energy drain, your body starts tensing up as you're thinking about talking to them. Right. You're having a physiological reaction. Your mouth gets dry. You, you like start shaking. Like it's your body is saying, like, we're actually gearing up to spend a bunch of energy that we don't want to spend. And we don't listen to that. And your body acts very different when you're in the space with somebody who like is accepting you for who you are. And -hmm. I just think that we need to really pay attention to that. And I think more importantly, We need to teach girls, young girls and young women in high school and college how to do that because that is where they're cementing these habits of people pleasing and putting themselves last and being afraid of hurting other people's feelings. And if we can reach out to them and say like, no, you're worth
0: more than that,
1: those habits are not as solidified in them.
0: Right. Yeah. Like when you mentioned about just like with each year, it's kind of like you give less fuck, And I'm just like, I feel like that's just how it is. Like the older we get, people kind of realize things aren't as important and, you know, they start really living their lives on their own terms. But I'm just like, we need to help people who are younger so that they don't waste years of their time doing the shit that they don't want to and being around people that aren't good for them. And so they can like start being who they truly are at a younger age or stay that way. Like I have two nieces and I mean, they're like seven and five and like, just like their energy. I'm like, this please don't ever change. Like, I hope that is never taken away from you. Exactly. And my daughter is in college.
1: She's a sophomore in college. And I remember when she was like nine years old, she had this massive fit yeah. and she was determined. Like nothing was going to sway what she was going to do. And I remember saying <clears throat> like, she's, she's difficult to raise at 10, but I'm going to be so grateful for this spirit at 21. Yeah. And so it is my job to not kill it. Right. Like it's my job to not, you know, to not demonstrate to her that she doesn't get to. So the deal I made with her is when you act like that, I'm not going to tell you to stop, but I need you to do it in a room by yourself because it's really annoying. And so <laughs> You keep doing it, but just go do it somewhere where I don't have to watch you. And right. that was a good... So, but she got permission for me to not have to stop doing it. Yeah. Not, not standing up for herself, not stop. Like I told her, don't ever stop doing that, but give people the room to not always want to be around it either. And that's okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. energy management takes a lot of forms, but the way that we learn to discount ourselves starts very
0: young. Yes. And with that example, like you're just, you know, showing her a good example of what energy management looks like of like, I don't need that in my space, but I don't want, I want you to have the space to do it. It's like, let's, you know, step away from each other, protect our energy, but still keep doing us. You know,
1: sometimes like whether it's rage or confusion or tears, you got to go through the whole thing, right? Like Mm-hmm. I've always believed like if you start crying, don't stop halfway, like finish until mm-hmm. like all the tears come out. Because whatever you're looking for, those answers are on the other side of the tears. And a lot of times was in a stop crying. No, like, and when my kids would cry, I'm like, keep going, you're not done yet. Like finish. Yeah. And then you will feel better. But it's that if you're confused, if you're angry, like honor that. And do it, but also recognize that other people may not need to witness it, right?
0: But to but honor those- your feelings and really let that out so that you can push through and move through it rather than just, I'm going to put a pin in it and I'm going to hide my feelings exactly. and then blow up later, probably. Exactly.
1: And that's the whole energy management piece, too, because when you stop your tears prematurely, It takes a lot of energy to stop them and to hold them in. Yes. And I sometimes I'm like, oh, I think I'm done. And then it starts again. I'm like, oh, I'm not done. And Mm -hmm. it takes so much less energy to cry in that moment than it does to stop yourself from crying. That when you finish, you look around and you're like, okay, I actually feel a little bit better. but. And that's the whole idea of just like pay attention to your emotions, you know, don't suppress the anger, don't suppress the tears, don't Mm -hmm. suppress the confusion, don't suppress rage, just feel it because the amount of energy it takes for you to not feel something is Mm -hmm. tremendous. It drains you, right? So feel it. Let it go through you. And then on the other side, say, okay, what caused that? And how can I make sure that I don't subject myself to that
0: again? Yeah, I love that. So I want to kind of go back to something you mentioned earlier about hating self care and like that. It's like actually more stressful because it feels like we're not doing enough. And I never really thought about that in that term. But I totally agree. Like, it just feels like another thing we need to, like, add to our plate. So I'm curious to know, like, what do you prefer instead of thinking about it as self-care?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think self-care is important. I think taking care of yourself is important. Self-care articles are bullshit, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And so there's something about this whole got to be productive, got to be productive, like, drive that says if i am tired i should read articles (laughs) on being burned out so that i can learn how to not be burned out and go do those things yeah (laughs) right like that's nonsense Mm -hmm. like turn off the shit and go lay down for a second like that's but this idea that like self-care is about learning how to take care of yourself and getting these lists of 25 things to do to take care of yourself as opposed to close your eyes for a second and just ask your body what it needs it will tell you like it needs water it needs sleep it needs food it needs to go outside it needs oxygen like it is i feel like self-care is about returning to humanness Mm -hmm. um not like a skill right yeah develop like and a lot of the articles are like you know gotta take a bath and you gotta do yoga and you gotta have a morning routine and you know you have to have a night routine right yeah <laughs> the you where you're like really I should do all that and then now I feel bad that I'm tired because I'm clearly tired because I don't do more stuff mm-hmm. and instead it's like you talked about your nieces. It's the self care is basic stuff. Like, yeah, just chill. And then you got to experiment a little bit and figure out what works best for you. But for me, it's music. And I have my rage music, I have my chill music. And I will open my window, put on, you know, a song and just kind of feel the air on my face and that does more than reading an article on self-care. So some of this is just trusting yourself that you don't have to have somebody teach you how to take care of yourself. Right. Right. Uh, And it's why I have an entire chapter on cursing because science tells us like we curse for a reason and we curse because it actually helps us recalibrate you know neurochemically and so yeah just don't read an article just cuss into a pillow for like two minutes you will feel so much better
0: (laughs) yeah I love that (laughs) and and I think it goes back to just like going that question of like what feels good and what feels exactly you because like when we read articles and it's just like you know yeah, go take a bath or go do yoga or whatever. I'm just like, I don't want to do those things, but it's just like, is that what I'm supposed to do to make me feel good? Like Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then the articles always have somebody in like perfect yoga clothes doing a yoga pose perfectly. Right. <laughs> well, that doesn't look relaxing at all to me, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, if that person were truly self-caring, they'd be in PJs. Mm-hmm. So. The fact that they're not in pajamas, it's already discredited to me. The whole article doesn't make sense. So, (laughs) or it's, you know, we actually did these venting sessions last year, these scream sessions, where we literally had calls of women, professional women from all over the world. And the only thing you had to do for an hour was just bitch and moan. Like that's (laughs) all, you could just scream and just cuss and do whatever you wanted, just all the people that you want to say this to that you can't just do it. And people talked over each other. And by the end, people were crying, laughing, like hysterical yeah. tears. And then this one woman said, and I put this in the book, it was hilarious because people were like, no, that's not my job. No, you do it. <laughs> I, it's not my job. And why the fuck can't you take care of yourself? And this one woman was laughing so hard and she finally said, I can't tell if we were talking to a toddler, a teenager, a grown man, a boss, or like the president of the United States. Like it could have been any of those, like what people were saying. It was was just like, no, fix your own goddamn sandwich, right? Like it was just random stuff that people were saying, but it was just an hour of letting all that out that
0: you aren't allowed to say. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I was thinking I was just like, that's awesome that you had this space to just like let it all out, because I feel like especially as women, we have, you know, these standards and we're not allowed to, you know, really, truly speak our mind all the time. And sometimes we do just like need a space to vent. Like we don't want answers. We don't need anyone to fix it. We just want to be like, this is fucking upsetting and I need to yell about it and then I'll be good. But like, I don't want your input. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And then what's hilarious is that when you have like 25 women doing it all at once and you realize there's only like four actual grievances that everybody's (laughs) just primarily feeling and it all involves, can you just go do your own shit and leave me alone? (laughs) And some version of that, then it becomes comical, right? Like we're we're all stifling the same thing. It's not even like we're all bitching about different things. And and it felt good. And so many women were like, do more of those. And so part of what I talk about in the book too is energy management is about community too. You can't just do this by yourself. There is, you know, ranting into a pillow by yourself is good. But when you're ranting with 25 other women and then it becomes joyful, right? Like it becomes funny. It is you're laughing hysterically at the end of it. So not only did you get it out, but you lent your energy to somebody else and collectively, you just created this like amazing, you know, energy that you're all now taking back with you. And so some of these things are, it's just a reminder that like, it's not about you doing it by yourself.
0: Yeah. Having that out. community of just like support of like, you're not alone. And especially when it's like, we're all kind of dealing with the same stuff and you understand it. Cause yeah, if, I mean, it's screaming into a pillow can be great, but then if you're like me, like I can easily go down the rabbit hole of like negativity of like life sucks and stuff. But if you have a whole group of women, like that's like a, whole different vibe coming out of it like we screamed we exactly. let it go like let's move on and you know it, it turns into a fun thing rather than like my life sucks <laughs> exactly and one of my
1: girlfriends um I was I was really upset about something right about a year ago this time and I said she's just she's such an an asshole she's like that can't be all that you have to say like keep going and I'm like <laughs> well and like, how is he an asshole and then I like like Going around for another five minutes. She's like, that can't be it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's got to be more. And she just kept egging me on for like a good 40 minutes. And at the end of it, she was like, Are you done? I was like, I think so. I think I'm actually done. And it's just women need community with other women. And it is a fundamental, necessary component of our ability to have energy and find joy and if we in any way shape or form spend any energy working against women the person that gets drained the most is us like Mm -hmm. you know Madeline Albright may she rest in peace said there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women and I co-sign that a hundred percent But I also think there's a special hell on earth for women who don't help other women because they're the ones that suffer the most. Like, for sure. Yeah. Because you, there, if you don't have that community, there's no place where the joy can multiply itself, you know? And I hope that one thing that people get out of reading this book is. God, just hold that community close, build it, grow it. If each of us just really focused on the community of women in our lives who laugh with us, who hold us together, who kick our ass when we need it, but are there to like pick up the pieces when we fall apart. It is such a huge component of finding that joy and maintaining a positive kind of energy level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we need each other we need to support each other and give each other that space. So I love that. And I mean, with your book, like what impact do you really want it to have? I hope that when women read it, they realize it's not their imagination. They
1: really are that goddamn tired. You know, you really are like that is not you needing more sleep. That is not you being vitamin D deficient. It is. You have borrowed so much energy from your future self that Mm. you are in severe debt to yourself right like it Mm. so no that's not your imagination yeah you're not gonna nap your way out of it you need to get like really serious about what feels good and what doesn't and we've got to start learning to be As afraid of what feels bad as we are of doing something about it, right? Whether it is leaving terrible relationships or speaking up when somebody is disrespecting you, it's we've got to learn to be more afraid of feeling like shit than Mm -hmm. pissing somebody off. Um, and so I think that's that's impact, and I think it's also that when we do it together, there a lot of us that figured out a couple of things. And when we really talk to each other about, hey, how can we do this better? I think that community is going to take us a long way too. And I don't want us to talk to each other about how we can be more productive. Mm-hmm. I want us to talk to each other about how we can feel better better at the end of a productive day. You know what I mean? That it's just, and trust me, I have workaholic tendencies. I Mm -hmm. overwork, I undersleep, guilty of all of the above. At the end of the day, even if I'm tired, if I'm like, yeah, but that was a good day. Like I feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm getting exhausted. But I then even if I don't get that much sleep, I'll wake up the next day ready and feeling good and being a better mom to my kids and being a better you know, advisor to my clients and being a better citizen and being a better neighbor and a better friend and all of the above. So that's what I hope that impact is, that we just acknowledge it, know that we can do something about it, know that we can do it better if we do it together. And, you know, just not shy away from the things that actually are self-care, like telling that asshole in your life to fuck off. Mm-hmm. it's self-care not just yes. bad. because if you take a bath and that asshole is still there you're right back where you started
0: <laughs> yes yeah we need to get down to like the real root of the problem and what's actually draining your energy not just keep putting a little band-aid over it exactly exactly well I love it I lo- it sounds like you are kind of like creating this revolution of women who are not going to stand up for shit anymore and are like really going to take back, you know, their energy. So, and I love how you say, like, you are going to wake up the next day and be a better mom and like serve your clients better and be a better citizen. I mean, it all starts with us and what we have, you know, to give others. And it's like, you got to, Gotta know what's best for you and you gotta do what's best for you. Otherwise, you're not gonna be good for anybody. So I love what you're doing. Exactly. The only tweak I would add to that
1: is I don't think I'm starting the revolution. I think it is underway. Yeah. Um, I think it it a lot of women, I think, are already in it. I think mm-hmm. the book just brings their stories together so that nobody, I hope we see that there's a lot of us doing it and that we're not alone and we are actually kicking ass out there. So it was a great joy to be able to capture some of those stories.
0: Yeah. And where can
1: people find this book? They can definitely get it on Amazon. I think it is um, in a couple of other places, but Amazon's probably the easiest place. So you can go to erinreeves.com as well. All my books are there. And I think on that landing page, you can click on it and go directly to the book as well.
0: Awesome. And I'm curious, since, you know, you talk a lot about like community and women supporting each other. Do you have like a community kind of surrounding this book that people can join or is that something? Yeah. You know, we've seen communities start
1: cropping up where we've gotten calls where somebody will call me and say, I want to read this with six of my girlfriends. And I'm encouraging people to do it and just, you know, women already are in parts of communities. Mm -hmm. Read it with your community and just see what comes up. Like, you know, I don't want to dictate like, oh, do this or do that. Y'all are going to know what to do. It's going to come natural. It's going to spring up like a laugh, right? Like that just kind of bubbles out of you. I think once we see kind of what people do on their own, we may Create kind of a more formal community in a couple of months. So just keep visiting the website. We'll definitely have information on there. But I'm really curious as to what will emerge organically because I think that's going to be the most beautiful. So yeah. we'll see what happens
0: and then um, see if we can aid it along as well. Definitely. And I always love to ask, how has being yourself led to your success? Um,
1: success isn't enjoyable
0: if you're doing it as someone else. So. <laughs> The
1: ability to laugh and smile and be sarcastic and cuss and it's success is not what you achieve, right? It's how you feel when you achieve it. So being myself has led to a lot of peace and laughter. And at the end of the day, I couldn't ask for more than that.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I love your authenticity. I love that you have created this book along with your other books to just, you know, as a guide for women to just, you know, start being more of the badasses that we are and yeah. manage our energy. So thank you so much. Of course. Of course. Thank you. So as you can see, energy management is the key to taking control of your life and putting yourself first. We learned that our energy is limited and we need to be aware of how we're using it. We learned the power of letting out our emotions and having a support system. And we also learned that you can delegate or let go of stuff that's not serving you. And when it comes to energy management, you know yourself best and you need to trust yourself and your body when it tells you that you need something like rest. Be sure to purchase In Charge, the energy management guide for badass women who are tired of being tired with a full guide to manage your energy and bring more of what makes you happy into your life. And as Dr. Aaron Reeves said, a community can be so powerful. So come join us in the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community where you can vent, celebrate, and ask for help as you're on your journey to recovering from people-pleasing. Just click on the link in the show notes and I can't wait to see you there. It's time to take control of our energy. It's time to let go of what drains us. It's time to do more of what actually makes us happy. It's time to be you.